Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. So what's going on today, David? I'm still reflecting on my trip to the United States that I took in October, November time. And I went to New Life Christian Center. Where is that? That's in San Antonio, Texas. It's a church by Pastor LaSalle Vaughn. He has also a school for kids to learn Bible and secular studies. It's called a hybrid, New Life Christian Academy had an opportunity to engage with the high school about our walk with God. And I began the discussion with an etrog box. An etrog box? An etrog box. I brought it over from Israel. I actually had props. I gave them out little like stickers. I asked them, what is this? So a lot of them said, it's a charity box. And I said, it's not a charity box. First of all, you don't want a charity box to be made out of silver and that beautiful. In addition, you don't have a slit on the top. And then I, I began giving them clues about it relates to the Feast of Tabernacles, a specific type of produce item, and finally they got that it has to deal with the citron. And I said, well, we are commanded to bring the four species together, but it never says to put it into a box. The box is our way of engaging with this particular mandate with God, a concept called Hidur Mitzvah. Beautifying the mitzvah. And the source of this is in the Moses song in Exodus, after the parting of the Red Sea. Moses sings, and one of the lyrics is, this is my God, and I will beautify him. And that idea of beautifying him is expressed by our trying to make our commandments, our mitzvot, even more beautiful, having a pretty etrog, having a pretty box into which we place the etrog, etc., etc. That's a very nice idea, David. Did they appreciate it? They did. How do we translate this concept that we are walking away from the Feast of Tabernacles in our everyday life of beautifying our walk with God? Nice. Like that? It's a very nice idea. So yesterday I received a picture from my visit and I put it on Facebook and it was just one of those moments you never thought you would have in your life, even in Jewish Christian relations. I've been engaging with young adults about something that is common to both Judaism and Christianity how do we deepen our relationship with the Almighty? Very nice. And speaking of deepening a relationship with the Almighty, I think the first step is not to be destroyed. And that is indeed what happened when Moses prayed for the Jewish people after the golden calf. He asked for God not to destroy the people. I know you love that transition, right? He asked for God not to destroy the people on account of the merit of the forefathers. And last time we talked about how Abraham's original dedication to the point that he was thrown into a furnace, according to Jewish tradition, it's not in the Bible, was enough to create some sort of change in the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people that has traveled along with the Jews. Moses was saying to God, the people still contain that special quality that was introduced by Abraham. Furthermore, because we're quoting Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the story of Isaac is well known in the Bible about his sacrifice for God. What are you referring to? The binding of Isaac. Thus the title, the binding of Isaac. Yes. He went willingly with his father Abraham to do the will of God, not knowing if he was going to come out alive or not. Thank God Isaac's life was spared. But his willingness 
to blindly follow and do the will of God is also inherent now in the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people. It's interesting, David, that you say that Isaac went willingly because somebody reading the Bible, this is Genesis chapter 22, might say, where is their indication that Isaac was going willingly? Abraham obviously knew what he was doing, but Isaac seems oblivious. He may very well have been a young child. There are different traditions about how old he was. God told Abraham this was happening. He did not tell Isaac. And yet Jewish tradition tells us that Isaac figured it out and continued going willingly. And this is expressed specifically in verses 7 and 9. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Which certainly sounds like Isaac does not know what's happening. The next verse reads, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. In the Hebrew original, which does not contain any punctuation, these words of Abraham can also be read as a hint to Isaac, You will be the burnt offering. And it then says they continued walking together, which our sages teach us means that Isaac now understood what was happening, and yet he still continued going with Abraham. And in fact, this is indicated itself by the term that is used for the story. Even though, according to the simple understanding, Abraham was the one being tested, it's called the binding of Isaac. Isaac's merit is that which we remember in some ways even more than Abraham's, being willing to be a willing sacrifice. And according to Jewish tradition, he's requesting from Abraham, please tie me down so I will not be moving at any point in time and run away. I want you to go ahead and do this. And I'm asking you to please tie me down so you'll be able to do God's will. So now we see that Isaac, as well as Abraham, had merit, which went into the spiritual DNA of the Jewish people. And Moses is telling God, we have, we the Jewish people have that merit of Abraham and Isaac. I guess next time we're going to talk about Jacob. My name is Scott Kahn. My name is David Nekrutman and blessings from Jerusalem. Thank you.